And we're back, Stripe Show podcast on a Monday, the 1st of 2022. Happy New Year to every single one of you. Thank you for joining us here on the Stripe Show podcast. Celebrated a fantastic year last year. Thank you, sincerely, thank you to everybody for subscribing. Thank you for leaving us a comment. And thank you for ranking the podcast. All of that goes a long ways. We climb the charts. We're on our way. Remember, our goal is to get into the top five, and we plan on making some headway this week. We got a fantastic week here on the Stripe Show podcast. Five days got you covered starting today. We're going to get to Daniel Rappaport with Golf Digest. He is on the grounds. Well, maybe. I know he was hiking, he was fishing. He was swimming. He was playing golf and following. He's been in Hawaii for like a week now. So hopefully he answers my call. He'll be joining us from Kapalua as we talk about the storylines heading into this week. Beating the Bookie is back, folks. If you followed us last year, our picks, our handicapping of these events, they were fantastic. I had a good year, actually in gambling on golf. I plan on doing the exact same thing this year. We're going to give away our top picks this week for free on the podcast tomorrow, 2022 Century Tournament of Champions in Maui. It's the Kapalua Plantation Golf Course. We'll be giving away our free picks on that tomorrow. But remember, we'll be giving away our best plays and free picks as part of the membership that I've started. TravisFultonGolf.com backslash membership. Go check it out. Blue membership, green membership. There's instruction. There's Stripe Show podcast exclusive. Got some really cool stuff coming your way with top players and coaches. Can't wait to share some of that stuff. But also the free picks and best plays from my team, which Beating the Bookie is part of that. That will start, let's see, that'll start the following week at the Sony Open. So check that out, Travis Fulton Golf. Dot com backslash membership, blue membership, green membership, depending upon which one you pick, depending upon how many weeks you get of free picks and plays. On Wednesday, Trevor Immelman joins me. I can't wait for that. Golf Channel analyst, the Masters champ back in 2008. He's also going to be the captain of the President's Cup team, the international team. And I can tell you, folks, there are 13 players in this field of 39 this week that are part of that international team. They're going to be tough in the President's Cup. We're going to talk all things golf with Trevor Immelman. And then on Thursday, Drew Steckel joined me. He's back from Hawaii. He coaches Jason Kokrak, Kevin Now We're going to be breaking down those games, how he coaches those two very different players. And then Alexandria O'Loughlin is going to join Samantha Marks on Friday for the happy hour before they head to Dubai as they'll be sharing some really fun stuff on Friday. I'm fired up, folks. Let's see if Daniel Rapport is going to pick up my phone call, and let's bring him in here to kick off the New Year Stripe Show podcast. All right, and joining me now from Hawaii, I wasn't sure if he was going to pick up my call because I've been following him on Twitter at Daniel underscore Rappaport. He's with Golf Digest. He's a friend of the show. He's been on here many times and he picked it up and I appreciate it because my man, you've been doing a little bit of everything out there in Hawaii. You know the lay of the land out there, don't you? 
Oh, the lay of the land. That's a nice little little double entendre. I don't even know if you meant that lay. You know, those are the those are the necklaces they give you here. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm in Hawaii. I'm in I on island time. It is six thirty though, so I still haven't haven't lost my my drive, my engine to uh, <laughs> wake up early and hit the ground running. But after a week in Hawaii, I'm definitely uh, on island time. It's lovely. It's lovely yeah. here. I highly recommend. I understand why people move here. Hundred percent. Gosh, that puts a new meaning to jet lag, doesn't it? When you get back, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> what is it like? Like eight hour difference? No, it's like almost like a five hour difference. Yeah, it's think. five. But well, I, I'm good at this stuff. I travel a lot, and you know, just relearn how to deal. So I'm not worried. Well, first off, congratulations on your engagement. It's been a while since we've talked, uh, and all your success. Enjoy following you. Uh, with Golf Digest, he's on Twitter at Daniel underscore Rappaport. All right, lots to get to. I know you have a busy slate. It's the first week here um, of the 2022 calendar, Century Tournament of Champions, the Kapalua Plantation course. You played it. I saw the bomb on 18, right? the golf course. What's it look like? It's a, it's a fun golf course. The first word that comes to mind is fun. You know, and I think a lot of times golf course architecture gets, gets sort of bogged down in what's wrong or, or this or these like, you know, big subtleties, but they're not big subtleties. That's sort of a an oxymoron but these these kind of very uh niche arguments but it's a it's a course that you you finish playing and you're like that was a ton of fun mm. and i think there's something to be said for that right golf is supposed to be fun it's a fun fun golf course it's a breath i mean we took cart uh I, it's a brutal walk just a brutal walk as far as up and then down and then you know areas between tees it's it's a very big golf course it's a very soft golf course at least when I played it, you know, it's just hard when it's so humid and it rains so much to get it firm. You got sort of slow greens that are grainy. Everything breaks toward the ocean. Mm. Um, but fun. The first word that comes to mind is fun. And if there's no wind, these guys are going to absolutely kill it. It's a, it's a resort course. It's very wide, uh, designed for heavy winds. Mm. And if there's no winds, it really doesn't have any sort of defense against these guys. Yeah, they get usually into the low 20s. Um you know, 20, 21 under is, is something we're probably going to see this week. If the, if the winds cooperate 39 golfers in the field, no cut Rory's not there. The only player to win on the PGA tour, but Xander is, he didn't win. We'll get to him later. He's there because of oh, they, the gold medal. Um, I didn't even realize that he, I didn't realize he qualified for the field with that. I thought that was like a one time. Remember Harris won this last year without having one of the bed, but I thought that was just a COVID rule. I didn't know that they gave Xander a spot. Yeah. Yeah. Xander's there. I got a lot of questions about Xander. We're going to talk about him a little bit later, but I want to, um, we'll start with Phil. Got to start with Phil, right? Isn't amazing? Daniel, all these young players, they flex at the Ryder cup and, you know, Morikawa and Cantley and Xander, Spieth, JT. And yet here we are. It's like, let's talk about Tiger and Phil. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 a reminder that you know how how big of a deal these things feel like in our little world of golf, as you and I are both very very entrenched in that world. When you zoom out, it's it's just not that big, you know, it's just not that big. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're, yeah, you're right. We're thinking about all these new stars and how it's a changing of the guard and. You, know, you got this crop of young American players and they're, they're hip and they use social media and then see the winners of the 
the PIP or 51 and a 46 year old man. Um, yeah, just a reminder that no one this side of Tiger and Phil has come close to being as big a star of those guys. You know, like yeah. Spieth had a little while where he was sort of golden boy when he was 21 and winning majors. And, you know, Rory's been popular for a long time, but he hasn't quite reached that level of, of even Phil Mickelson, let alone Tiger Woods. So right. it's kind of, it's pretty amazing that Phil has created this niche for himself and has been so uh, successful in Tiger's shadow, right? It, it makes you think like if Tiger didn't exist, you know, Phil would probably be, mm-hmm. you know, on, on the Mount Rushmore of, of professional golfers. He's that big of a star, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, the, the tour started this program as, you know, to try to sort of fend off these other competing tours and they wanted to reward stars. I don't know if their idea was to just keep writing checks to Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods, but that's going to be, it looks like what keeps happening. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't think Phil's going to win it next year because I think Kiowa was, it was big. I think the reason Tiger didn't win it was because one of the five uh, criterion is how much you were shown on TV on their broadcasts. And so all of these five metrics are rated equally. The Tiger might have been one 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 seventy five, mm-hmm. right? And that's how they do it. It's not like a score; it's like you get a ranking. So he wasn't on any of the broadcasts because he didn't play. And Phil was on all these broadcasts because the entire PGA Championship week was just the Phil show. So I don't think Phil's going to necessarily be on there next year, but you know he's going to keep being in the top ten. It seems like, and and yeah, just 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 an amazing reminder as to who still you know, draws attention in this game. Yeah. And one top 20, the entire yeah. year. And that was yeah, the, the top two, how to combine one top 20, the PGA championship. Amazing. I mean, you would just say that, right. He had one top 20, Phil Mickelson. Uh, he wins the PGA championship, which, which just, I still, to this day, cannot believe it that he went there at the age of 50 oldest ever to do it in a major championship. And so he wins the PIP 6 million. And to receive the money, one of the things that he has to agree to at the tour is he has to plan an event that he hasn't in a while. So Phil probably texted Amy and said, Amy, pack the bags. We're going to Kapalua because it's been 21 years since Phil has played in the Tournament of Champions, but although he's won it twice, 94, 98, that's when I was at La Costa. But he has played the plantation course twice, 99, 2001. Hadn't played very well here, T22, T28. Kind of surprising, really, because it is fairly open, like you said, um, off the tee. And I, I do think short game to some degree at this place is kind of rewarded. So, um, but, you know, I, when I think of Phil, Daniel, I, I just, I feel like when I follow him on social media and I read his stuff, I feel like we have a, a, a guy that's playing on house money. He's 50. He knows he can go to PGA Tour champions and dominate as he has but he also knows he can compete still on the PGA tour because he's kept his speed up. He's in good shape. He's, you know, he still can get some things done. And you, and you brought up the comparison to tiger on one hand, tiger is, you know, he's got 82 wins. He's working himself back. You know, he kind of put the flag in the ground to this super golf league, premier golf league and says, look, my alliance is with the PGA tour. I'm not leaving quote. My legacy is, is with the tour. And that was big. For him to do that. Now, on the other side, of course, Phil goes the other way, 45, 
he feels to me, you know, there's this outwardly constant criticism of the tour, which seems to be happening more and more with players, but particularly Phil most recently, his beef on them adopting the local rule of limiting the, the length of a driver at 46 inches. He's going back to Saudi Arabia to play in February, which is opposite of waste management. I don't know. Phil just feels kind of disgruntled to me and wide think, open. How do you see it? I think it's a, it's a fair assessment. I think it's kind of amazing just how much energy the guy has at 51 years old, right? Like <laughs> great point. When Tiger's saying, you know what I mean? Like when Tiger's like, oh, you know, I'm I'm sticking with the PJ Tour. This is where my legacy is. It makes sense on one hand because yeah, I mean, he has 82 wins on the PJ Tour, and so he's it's he's a vested interest in not continuing to be the benchmark for how golfers are measured but also at the same time you kind of get the sense of like you're just like i don't really want to deal with this it sounds like a lot of energy and phil is like gung-ho you know he's not just interested in it but he's actively talking to other players about it and you know i i do think that you know i'm not i don't know anything that isn't public or that i haven't already tweeted or reported but he's definitely been a very very willing listener we'll put it that way yeah um, to these other leagues so it's another funny thing with the PIP is you know, they gave they just gave eight million dollars to a guy who has been one of their most vocal critics over the course of the full year. I, I don't really know what his beef is with the tour. There's there's obvious things that the tour does that aren't perfect for everybody because any sort of league has you know, competing interests. The tour is a little bit of a different ball game because they don't have to deal with owners who pay the bill with the commissioners. It's it's a little bit different, but he, he clearly feels like he has a bone to pick with the PGA tour still at 51 years old, because it would be so easy for him to just sort of ride into the sunset and, you know, become this sort of elder statesman and, and likes everybody and is all smiles and everything's great. Um, but he's, but he's not, he's still out there being really critical on Twitter. He's still out there you know, having meetings with players where he's, he's giving them all these numbers about, how the PGA tour compares to other sports leagues in America and guy has a lot of energy. I'll give him that. Yeah. Well, before we get to the century tournament of champions, cause I want to, want to really pick your brain here on a number of players that I know, you know, you're out there in the insight talking with these guys. And, but before we get to that, you spoke with Greg Norman, um, did a nice interview with him. And it was actually right after you were on the podcast with us a couple months ago. I'm just curious, Dan, as you look at this and you look ahead 2022, so much has been made. Premier Golf League is different than the Super Golf League, which is the Saudi money on the SGL side. But you look at these but two. What, what's going to happen? I mean, do you, do you think that one of these two is going to put the stake in the ground and say, we are open for business and our first member is so-and-so? No. My answer is no. Because I think I think it's going to change. I don't. I don't. Here's what I, it's kind of hard to explain. I don't think it's going to be like one of these leagues convinces these players to leave the PGA Tour and sign one of these contracts where they say, "Okay, I'll play this many events, and that's guaranteed, and you give me this much money." I don't think that's going to how, how it's going to happen. I think it's going to be some sort of middle ground where they have more of these events, um, probably not all in Saudi Arabia. And guys will play in them. And there's going to have to be some sort of changing of the rule of competing event releases 
it, they're not going to be able to be so strict because they, the PGA Tour is going to do everything in their power to avoid a legal showdown of, you know, we've been kind of dancing around this for a couple of years now. Of like, you know, what does independent contractor really mean? Because it seems very, very middled, muddled. Like, can they go play where they want? Can they not go play where they want? If they have health insurance, which wouldn't make them seem like a independent contractor. They have a pension plan, which makes them seem like an independent contractor. But at the same time, they still officially maintain that status. And that seems to be like where it's going is a, a conversation about independent contractor. And I think what's going to happen is the PJ Tour is going to have to kind of relent on some issues where it doesn't want to in letting these guys play other events that are going to compete against their events. And maybe it will result in a less events schedule on the PJ Tour where they can interact in some of these events that maybe aren't in a great week and happen to go against a, you know, a, a big Saudi event or Saudi funded event. You know, maybe those will, will cease to, this is just me speculating down the mm-hmm. road, you know, but I think the tour is going to continue to, to boost money as they have been, you know, they, they added this 15 star bonus and they added this PIP and there's talk of, of some more kind of team component events because there's nothing really in the PGL. Um, proposal apart from some like sort of complicated for-profit things distribute like how they distribute revenue and you can only do a certain amount if you're a non-profit which the pga tour is but there's nothing stopping the pga tour from incorporating some of these team aspects mm-hmm. right like if they wanted that if they wanted to have a season-long thing in addition to fed cup that was you know some sort of team component they can do that and they can they can try that they have the infrastructure to do that so I think they're going to incorporate some aspects of the PGL one. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going. To, I don't think they're going to be able to sort of completely squash the Norman League because that league is not. You know, most leagues in America, <clears throat> I think it's like the XFL. If you don't succeed, you die, right? Like, if if people don't watch and it doesn't go well financially, then it's over. Well, this one, the objective is not really financial profit. Right, it's it's reputational gain. They can afford to stomach these losses. The, the Saudi government can. It's not about money for them. It's about reputation. So, I think they're going to stick around because they just are so deep pocketed, mm-hmm. and they can afford to to continue doing what they can to sort of soften this image or you know give a a, a smiley face to the world. But I, I don't think it's going to be like this guy leaves the PGA tour to go join the Saudi tour. I yeah. just think it's going to be another big money thing that exists in golf. Yeah. All right. Let's talk to, let's talk a little Kapalua here, a little Hawaii. Can't wait. Thursday night, you know, I'll just kind of crawl in bed and it's midday in Hawaii and I'm watching golf. Right. I mean, this is, I love this. I love this week. Had a great field. You got Rom there, number one player. There's Cantley, Spieth, so interesting this year. Morikawa's in the field. Hovland, Answer, DeChambeau, JT, on on down the list. So I want to start here in this field with with Xander, who obviously won the gold medal. Um, his last win, Daniel, was back in 2019, right here. His last win two years ago in in Kapalua. He he likes his place, plays well here. You know, I just, I can't help but thinking he's very close with Patrick Cantlay. Cantlay really broke out last year. Four wins, wins the FedEx Cup. Cantlay's number four in the world. Xander's number 
six. Xander's 28. He's got four wins. It just feels like we've been waiting on Xander. We know he's a great player. We know that. We know he's a great player. But can he be a great prolific winner on the PGA Tour? Like we saw with Cantlay. Like, is, is this breakout season coming for Xander Schauffele? Do you, do you feel that? And, and being around him, maybe, do you feel like there's a little added pressure here as he gets older now and he's almost, uh, you know, he's pushing 30 here soon. It's kind of a case study in like, you know, do you believe that golf is all about wins or is golf all about the contending and, and sort of like a cumulative score or performance throughout the year? Because if you look at the guys who are around him in the world ranking, it's the guys that you mentioned, right? Rob wins all the time. No one wins all the time. DJ can't lay started winning at the end of last year. Bryson's got eight wins. Victor Hovland's already got three wins. Justin Thomas, you know, he's the only one in there who, like you said, isn't a consistent winner. Right. He's a consistent player, very consistent player, hardly ever misses the cut um, and seems to be, you know, in top 10 and roughly half his starts. But it's like, how much does winning matter to you? Um, and I think in our modern society, for better or for worse, the way we judge people is by how many wins they have. So he's not going to continue to to rise in, in our sort of collective golf radar unless he starts to win big tournaments. And that's probably not fair, but it's just it's just the fact of the matter because the guys around him are winning. And the average fan, you know, the, the PIP stuff, you know, about, about how can we appeal to other, you know, they, they notice who wins. And they, they watch the Cantlay and the, the Shambo playoff and they watch, you know, Rom come back to win the US Open. They watch Morikawa close out tournaments and, and see, oh, DJ, you won again. They don't really notice the guy who finished tied for fourth, tied for third. So Xander already has our recognition as a fantastic player, a consistent player, a dependable player uh, in match play. But in order for him to to make that leap and and become a true star, both inside our game but mostly outside of our game, he's got to start winning. And this is a great week for him to do it. You know, it's thirty nine players. He obviously loves the golf course. And, and I think this is one of the tournaments that you want to win because yeah. <clears throat> not just because, you know, of it's the tournament of champions and it's all the good players, but it's the first of the year and, and starting the year with a win. You feel like at least until June, you're playing with house money. So he's definitely one to watch this week. You know, I look at Xander, you know, last year, <clears throat> we know he plays well here. He's won it before uh, two years ago, but last year he was fifth. And then he goes to the farmers, finishes second. Waste management finishes second, which he kind of let that one to some degree, in my opinion, get away. I know Brooks had a great final round. Um, but then from there, I just felt like his putter kind of went a little chilly on him. Um, you know, he played well at the U.S. Open. He hit the ball well enough to win the U.S. Open, but lost two strokes with his putter. So I just felt like the putter was a little inconsistent. And I just get the feeling with Xander that if he can get that putter dialed in and, you know, it's interesting with him because he actually made some changes. He works with Derek Ueda and for, and has been for a little while now, but he goes to that arm lock and I had Derek actually on the podcast and we were talking about it. And Xander was like, it's like cheating. It's so efficient and this and that. And yet I don't think it worked out, you know, like, you know, like, okay, I get it. I understand the upside from a technical standpoint, but at the end of the day, it's like, I don't think it, the net value really wasn't great um, when it comes 
to what your putting was doing in performance from Thursday through Sunday. So it's going to be interesting to me with Xander. I think if the putter fires up and he can putt like he did to some degree at the beginning of last year, I think Xander puts a win away here uh, in the first quarter of the year. Um, others in the field, you know, I, I, I guess I, I should ask you about Rom, who is the number one player in the world. You know, he wins the U.S. Open. I should ask you about Morikawa, who is the number two player in the world, won the Open Championship, or even ask you about Cantley, right? Number four, FedEx Cup. Instead, well, number three, keep in mind, is DJ. He's not in the field. Didn't win last year. He's going to be someone to look at. Xander's putting DJ's ball striking. That's what faded for DJ last year. So I think we'll see DJ and Tory texting with his coach, Alan Terrell. Looks like he'll be uh, back on tour in Tory Pines, but I'm going to ask you instead about Jordan Spieth because he is that other guy, as you mentioned, that I think does move the needle. I do think is interesting. Um, he's 14th in the world heading into this year, big jump one in San Antonio. You think this Spieth train just keeps on moving forward this year? I do. I do. I'm a huge believer in, in, in speed, not because of anything that I, you can see. Like that sounds a little bit harsh. You're saying, Oh, well, that you want to see good things. Of course he, you know, when he's playing well, his irons are great and he, and he seems to hold everything, but it's just like, you've seen it since junior golf and, and you, you know, it too, like having competed, there's just some guys who just like have it. We just, no matter, no matter what it looks like, it doesn't look pretty you're frustrated because you can't understand how they beat you, but, but they still beat you. And he's been one of those guys forever, just a, just a sort of preternatural ability to get the ball in the hole. And we saw him start to get some of that confidence back last year where he knows, like, I think he takes pride in it where you look, it's not as pretty as the other guys. It's not 320 yards right down the middle. It's not, you know, always short iron to the fat side of the green, leave myself 15 feet. It's, you know, it's up and down. It's a roller coaster, but I think he enjoys that. I think he takes pride in, in playing golf a little differently. Uh, I don't know if this week is, is the, is the right week for him, but I, I think again, he's going to be a factor at Augusta. I think he's going to be a factor in Texas. I just think that he has a belief. It, it sounds cliche, but it's, it's just so vitally important in this game. And there was a big uh, switch with him last year around this time, maybe a little bit later in the West coast where he started to believe again. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago that this guy, was number one in the world and doing all these things. And I was looking at him and he's only still only 28 years old. I, I mean, is he, the, is he the oldest 28 year old in the history of the world? It's so true. I mean, it's crazy that he's still 28 and he still has a whole career ahead of him. There are a lot of really good players who didn't really start winning until they were 28. So it's, you got to remind yourself with Jordan because maybe because his hair isn't there anymore, or maybe because of the way he talks, he's always sounded like he was you know, 18 going on 48, but the guy's still, he's still only 28 years old. Easy. All right, quick hitters here. Bigger season 2022. You ready for this? Let's do it. Victor Hovland versus Sam Burns. Both in the Victor field. Ho Victor Hovland, but just by a hair because Burns has been so incredibly impressive. His iron play is so good. And he seems to really, you know, there's a couple guys who it seems like over the last year have kind of developed into closers. Mm -hmm. You know, guys who like when they get a chance, they seem to take it. Morikawa, Kevin Na, funnily enough, Sam Burns is yep. one of those guys. Um, 
But I, I just think Hovland's going to be a top five player in the world at the end of the year. So I, you know, I, I don't quite see Burns there, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if I was wrong on that one. Bryson or Brooks? Brooks. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Brooks. I'm not yes. ready to start asking the question about about Bryson's results pre and post folk, but I, you might want to start thinking about asking the question because mm. just the way he finished last year, right? He was not not very good and all you know he had a second apart from the second at the bmw he what didn't wasn't great at the northern trust tour championship nothing special hero world challenge he was near last he missed the cut rocket mortgage obviously at the open he was crazy with the driver stuff so it hasn't been super consistent you know since bay hill and uh and brooks you know i think the change to Strixon, and we've also noticed a big difference in his attitude where it seems like the whole, oh, I don't practice golf is not that cool, it's gone. Like, I think he's, he, it's cool to play that role when you're number one or number two in the world, when you're number 16 or whatever he is. It's not that cool anymore. I think we've, he's, he realizes that in order to stay relevant, he needs to start playing better golf. It's just that simple. Yeah, he's 16. <clears throat> it's a good approach in golf in general, not just in pro golf, just to stay humble. Because <laughs> yeah. the game's going to humble you. I mean, it's just, <clears throat> it's going to happen. All right. FedEx Cup current leader, Taylor Gooch, or Abraham Anser, both in the field. This is a tough one. Yeah, I think Gooch is a really good candidate to have sort of that Burns year um, of a guy who's just who's just there a lot, you know, up up first page of leaderboards. I love his golf swing. And you'd mm-hmm. be able to talk about this more than I can, but so good. Seems so efficient. Um, I think he works with Boyd, obviously yeah. knows how to coach, knows how to coach successful tour players. Um, I like answer too, but I think his, I think Gooch is just a bit, a bit more of a dependable, consistent ball striker. Uh, answer is another one of those guys, funny enough, who seems to kind of like being in contention. But um, I think Burns's ball striking will, will sort of carry to more places than than Abe's will. Nice, I tend to agree with that. I um, so far, I'm, I'm a little surprised. I'm a, you know, I'm a big Sam Burns guy, but I, I did. Victor Hovland feels like he's ready to explode here. Um, and could be a major championship type of competitor. If a short game can continue to move in the right direction. Um, but yeah, I think your points are valid with, with Bryson and I'm a big Gooch fan too. I've been touting him for a while. I think summer Hayes doing a really nice job with him. All right. Last one, Dustin Johnson, not in the field or Rory McIlroy, not in the field. Who has the bigger year? That's a tough one. feels like those guys are, are often grouped together. Um, <laughs> I go with Rory. I go with Rory. Okay. Um, I think it, it's it's truly a toss up. I mean, DJ basically disappeared toward the end of last year. It's amazing. I saw some stat that was like, if the world ranking was one year instead of two, which seems to be like a reasonable thing, right? Two years ago is a long time. He would have been twenty seventh this year. So, wow. you know, it was it was it was a really really poor year, and you start to wonder, you know, thirty eight. Is he possibly slowing down? And then he'll probably win three tournaments in a row. We'll be like, we're idiots. But, um, you know, Rory, despite all the roller coaster of the media up and down, he won twice. Um, you know, he looked good sort of toward the end of the year, seemed to be coming into his own. Um, so I'm, I'm big on Rory this year. But, you know, you're bigger. I feel like every single year we talk ourselves into being big on Rory. Yeah. It's like you don't watch him play for two years and you're like, oh, yeah, that guy, he's really damn good. Look at his swing. I love his swing. He's going to do well this year. So this yeah. is another year where I'm thinking, okay, maybe this will be the year that Rory, uh, you know, wins four times again. Whereas DJ, it seems like creeping up towards 40, not a great year, just more question marks. 
what's weird with both of these guys last year is their putter became a strength. Like now Rory's, I mean, they don't get enough credit. DJ's a good putter for the most part. I mean, but you know, he, he, his putting was really the only thing that was working. I mean, you look at the BMW and even the tour championship, he would have made a run if, if he could, if his ball striking was intact. So I, I think their ball striking is what is going to be interesting this year, especially with DJ. I think he really lost his ball striking the second half of the year. And I think Rory now going back to Michael Bannon is an interesting move. Um, yeah, those guys are we always just kind of, I mean, we know they're great, but are they really dialed in and focused? Cause I've always said, look, peak DJ peak Rory, if they're focused, you have their attention. If you have their attention, full intensity, it's must watch TV. And I hope we can get those two back in the mix. All right. Golf's back. No more. Um, you know, this last Sunday, before I let you go, Daniel, um, yeah. this last Sunday was the last Sunday of no golf until September. I love to hear that. I love to hear that, but I also some of my claims about hearing that because that means that my, my free weekends are over, but good problems to have. Yeah. Good problems to have. All right, buddy. Enough of your time. Go All enjoy right, Hawaii. We always appreciate hearing the podcast. Thanks. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Later.